I saw the startup ecosystem building up around myself and uh, I kept writing about it. Hence your uh, title of maestro or godfather. You like this godfather joke. Yeah. It's okay. I'm Emila Bireshind, founder and chief editor of Startup Business, and you are listening to Good Talks, double G, U, double T. Hi, everyone. Maria here, and welcome to season one of God Talks, double G, U, double T, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design and gut feelings. Before we get started, make sure you visit our website gut.com, double G-U-T.com, and subscribe or click on the link in the blurb to make suggestions or ask questions. It won't take longer than a minute and help this podcast grow. And if you like the content provided, show some love with some reviews and ratings. Now let's get started. Our guest today is Emil Abirashid, the maestro or godfather, as I called him, of the Italian startup ecosystem, a point of reference in the innovation landscape in general beyond startups. He's a journalist, author, angel investor, mentor, speaker and advisor who's also working towards making the tech startup ecosystem and the excellence of the made in Italy beyond food, fashion and design. Emil, hi and thank you for being here. Hi Maria, hi everyone. Thanks uh, for having me. Do you mind, you know, I made an intro, but would you introduce yourself as well to the audience? Sure. I'm basically a journalist and uh, I started to follow and write about the so-called startup ecosystem in Italy, even before the ecosystem was uh, well known as today. And uh, other than writing about startups, scale-ups and ecosystem, I work to support the ecosystem itself, uh, mostly the startups and scale-ups, uh, with different initiatives uh, and programs uh, that are helping those innovative companies to be more known uh, on international level and uh, to uh, develop their businesses in different countries and with different partners from all around the world. What got you involved in the Italian startup ecosystem initially as, as a journalist? I started to write about technology, innovation, economy, and those kind of topics. And uh, in, in an age, in years, where the startup phenomenon was at a very early stage and um, was quite an interesting time because at the very beginning of this century, the world was living a flourishing period in terms of economic growth. And uh, then the internet came out of the labs and became uh, something that all the people uh, were able to use. Many of you will going to remember the so-called internet bubble that was the first attempt to build up a startup ecosystem. And uh, while the internet bubble is considered a bubble for two main reasons, uh, the first one uh, because it was uh, mostly a U.S., a United States-based phenomenon, and uh, because at that time the number of people using the internet uh, daily was uh, very low compared uh, to today. But was a very interesting uh, attempt from which we learned uh, a lot of things, And uh, after a few more years, where I'm 
you know, most of the investors were uh, were still uh, a bit afraid to invest in new ventures. But uh, after a few years, the um, phenomenon started uh, again in a more solid way, in a more aware way. And uh, that was around 2004, 2005 in Italy. And then I started, then I started to write about uh, those, this phenomenon uh, at that time. So while the startup ecosystem was building up in Italy, I was there already. So I can say the startup, I saw the startup ecosystem building up around myself and I kept writing about it. Hence your uh, title of maestro or godfather. You like this godfather joke. Yeah. It's okay. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you are a point of reference here when, when it's, you know, we talk about the uh, ecosystem. So today, though, you're more focused on the scale-ups here in Italy, uh, from Italy to the world, as you mentioned um, in the intro. Why, why is that? Well, uh, this is partially true. It depends from which point of view. As a journalist, on 2008, I founded a startup business, uh, .it, that was, uh, I mean, one of the first online magazines talking about startups uh, in Italian. Now, startup business is part of the Digital 360 group. So I did my little own exit, even though I'm still the editor-in-chief of the magazine. On startup business, we write uh, about uh, startups as about scale-ups, as about investors, as about other actors of the ecosystem. So from the journalism point of view, I'm still writing about all the different actors of the ecosystem. Regarding the other activities uh, I develop and I organize, because those activities are mostly aimed to international markets, international opportunities, of course, I look for scale-ups, where scale-ups are company, innovative companies that are not any more early stage startups, but they grow up a bit and they are ready with their products, uh, technologies, uh, services. And uh, most of all, they are ready to become international companies because the aim of those initiatives, uh, like the Italian Innovation Day I develop with uh, Japan, Australia, and Singapore, or with my collaboration with the Austrian Business Agency, my aim is to give to those companies a real opportunity to meet potential industrial, financial, institutional, and academic partners in those countries, but uh, they must be ready to catch those opportunities. So that's why scale-ups. And you mentioned you did your, as you labeled it, your little small exit. How does it feel to still be working in your company, no longer your company anymore, but it's still your baby in a certain sense. Well, you know, companies, uh, as you say, like babies, when they grow up, you, you can leave them live their life, you know. Consider that uh, the startup business experience from the entrepreneurship point of view was very interesting for me because it gave me the possibility to experience uh, directly what uh, being an entrepreneur means. So because I write about entrepreneurs uh, all days, uh, I can say uh, I had also my own experience in that. So 
I touched the matter with my own hands, but it's good. But my DNA is more something closer to be a journalist or to have the ecosystem than to be an entrepreneur. So sounds good for me. And uh, most of all, the Digital 360 group that bought uh, Startup Business on 2015, it's a great group and they are keep uh, developing Startup Business as other as the other online magazines that I have. And going back to uh, to the Italian ecosystem, you've been, you know, watching it grow, but also actively involved in it. How is the investment landscape here and what does it need to thrive? Obviously, a lot has been happening in the recent years. Is it attractive for Italians and for foreigners? Well, uh, this is quite an interesting question because um, the Italian ecosystem had uh, a series of cornerstone uh, moments. And now and today, of course, is much different as it was just, uh, uh, let's say, 10 years ago. The first uh, main uh, cornerstone was in 2012 when the Italian government for the first time uh, approved, let's call it a startup act. It's a, a specific law that helps the innovative companies under specific uh, characteristics uh, to uh, gain some incentives and uh, specific rules in order to be able to grow up faster in the early stage phases. But was also important because it brought the startup phenomenon on the public stage. So today, everybody knows what a startup is. Everybody knows what developing a venture in order to transform an idea in a company is. And this was quite an interesting cornerstone. Of course, this law was written in the 2012. And now, eight years after, it probably needs an upgrade because uh, in the startup world uh, the time it's uh, run very fast and uh, the things are changing very fast but was was important for the Italian ecosystem the other big thing for the Italian ecosystem in my own opinion is the fact that during the last let's say last 10 years some of the startups that were born uh, at the beginning of the ecosystem era now are scale ups so are big companies they are are uh, hiring people, they are developing uh, technologies, uh, services and products, they are already on the international markets, they even uh, raised, raised money from international investors. So this is the best example of the fact that you can develop, you can start and grow an innovative companies starting from Italy and become, you know, uh, a scale-up uh, able to compete on international level and able to raise money on international uh, uh, markets. We also have a couple of so-called uh, unicorns. The one and most famous is Yuge. That was one of the first um, successful startups uh, started in Italy. And the other one is uh, Docebo. Docebo is a company that is based, uh, that was born in, and is actually based in uh, close to Milano. And um, they are developing uh, uh, software for learning for companies. And uh, they are quite successful. They even been uh, recently listed uh, on NASDAQ. So this is very important because it shows up that uh, the opportunity is real and uh, developing a business is something that 
can give you the opportunity to create something very valuable. And this is very good because um, not only for uh, the entrepreneurs or and the wannabe entrepreneurs, but also for the investors because the investors uh, are started to understand that, that, that this asset class it's a real opportunity, even though if uh, risk if is risk capital. But, uh, you know, it's something that uh, you can turn as uh, huge profits. And um, this helped to create also an investment ecosystem of investors made by business angels, made by venture capitals, and so on. And uh, this uh, also this part of the ecosystem is growing every year. And even though it's still uh, smaller if compared with the other European uh, economies like France or Germany. But that uh, is growing. Another key, I mean, another cornerstone moment uh, was just happened this year when the Italian government launched a huge initiative uh, to uh, co-investing in innovative startups. And this initiative uh, started by the, the, the mid of 2020, and uh, they are already investing in different uh, companies and co mostly co-investing with incubators accelerators venture capital and uh, this is this going to bring more money in the ecosystem so uh, even though it's uh, now too early to evaluate uh, how big is the impact of this initiative. The first numbers and the first deals they closed are uh, um, very interesting. So I'm quite positive okay. and optimistic. So you think uh, we will soon be seeing Italy on uh, you know, the, the map of, or the European map of the global ecosystem? Well, I think, Maria, I think... Uh, um, I think uh, it's on the map already, actually. Uh, the point, uh, it depends uh, also in this case, the point of view you look at. My preferred point of view is to look at uh, the startups and scale-ups. They are the protagonists. They are the only, the, the, the most important actor in this ecosystem. And they are the ones uh, that are creating the real value in terms of, uh, uh, of economic value, financial value, new job places, yep. uh, social impact, environmental impact, and so on. So um, with another initiative I, I, I collaborate with uh, as a senior advisor that is called Scale-It, uh, we are helping Italian-based uh, scale-ups, Italian and Southern European scale-ups uh, to meet with the international investors. Okay, And... Um, with the, that project, we just contributed uh, to put uh, the Italian startups and scale-ups on the international seed. So I think uh, the Italian uh, scale-ups are already there because uh, there are many cases where international investors invested in Italian-based uh, scale-ups. But uh, uh, at the same time, I think uh, that we should do a step forward because my personal opinion is that the startups and scale-ups are are uh, over national entities okay it's pointless uh, to associate uh, a startup or a scale up with a single nation so startups they, they can and they must and they should grow on international level they can bring their solutions products uh, and technologies on on uh, wherever the world wants them yeah, but sure. um, something that we should do it's a mindset shift in order to think about a european startup ecosystem most 
basically than a single country startup ecosystem. And um, this is uh, going to Happening in a way, because, for example, we already have a single European law for crowdfunding for equity. And um, there is a very easy <clears throat> of, you know, interchange between the national ecosystems. The mindset of the people that work in the startup ecosystem, wherever they are, it's very similar. So they speak the same language, not just in terms of uh, the tongue, but in terms of the knowledge of uh, the meaning of developing startups. Startups. And um, recently, European Union also presented two uh, interesting proposals uh, uh, in order to create a single European digital market. So it's another step forward. I think the next step is to develop a sort of European Startup Act that is valid all over the European Union countries and allow to further develop the European-based startups and scale-ups. There are already initiatives that are doing that, like EIT Digital, that is helping scale-ups from all over Europe to develop on the European markets or market as a whole. And uh, so I think that is the, the, the path we should follow. So the, the, I'm just going to go back to, uh, for sure, when, when you talk about startups, one of the most important thing is to have uh, the mindset of, of growth and scaling and, and go, going beyond borders uh, and continents. And it's all about the mindset and the culture that starts at, at an early age. It's about, you know, wanting to take risks and being okay with, with taking risks no matter what happens. But I get lots of um, founders who kind of are worried, whereas they should incorporate their company in Italy or go somewhere else in, in Europe and so on. So how to present this in a way and how to, I'm not going to say convince because, you know, it's not, uh, you know, your job or my job to convince startups, you know, to incorporate here or there, but how to, to be okay where if they want to conduct business in Italy, at least get started, test the market and so on before going elsewhere, it's okay to incorporate the company in Italy. So what's been done wrong to get those people wanting to go away? Well, I think the point is about the business you are developing. If you're developing a business and you start to do business in Italy and your main market, uh, let's say for the first years is Italy, um, it's pointless to, to develop the company somewhere else because also there is a law that um, tells you that you cannot, but the choice to, for the place where to incorporate your company depends on the kind of business you're developing. Of course, uh, we uh, already have cases of uh, startups that were born in Italy. They developed the, the early stage of their business in Italy, and then uh, they started to grow up and uh, they raised money from international investors or they moved their headquarters in other countries because it was easy to to develop their business further more and to internationalize their business easier and faster if uh, there is a business reason Everything is good because any entrepreneurs uh, not only have the right, but also uh, 
he or she must take any possible opportunity in order to develop their business at the best, okay, regardless of where it is. We also have a lot of dual companies. We, we are companies that were born in Italy. They started to develop expand, their business, yeah. expand, and they moved the headquarters to other places, UK, US, Asia, other places in Europe. But for example, they kept all the R&D departments, software developers, for example, in Italy, because uh, the quality of life here is good, uh, the, 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 the skill of the people is good, uh, and uh, the costs are competitive. So we have companies that they have... Uh, two or more offices around the world and uh, even if they born in Italy initially. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I think this is, it, it gives kind of a way to, to rethink all of this because it's, it's all linked. Go- going back to, you know, what you do with um, Italian Innovation Days, you've handpicked over the past few years scale-ups to, to pitch and present their work uh, in Australia, Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, I mean, correct me where I'm wrong. You, you went, you went to different countries for investment and collaboration. Uh, you work closely with the Italian embassies in those different places. Yes. How did the idea of the Italian Innovation Days come about and why are you doing it? Because it's, it, it's a lot of work and, uh, it's quite re- rewarding, I believe, as well, your end. But why are you doing it? Uh, yes, uh, the Italian Innovation Days are uh, developed with the help of Italian uh, embassies and consulates in different cities. Uh, the places where we've been so far are Tokyo, where we had the five editions, uh, Singapore, many places in Australia, Perth, uh, Melbourne, Canberra, Adelaide. Uh, uh, so the, the support from the embassies and consulates uh, is very important. It's a uh, key of uh, the organization. And uh, the uh, idea started because there was uh, a need from for the embassies and consulates to organize something new, something uh, that is able to bring a real value uh, in the uh, relationship between Italian and the different countries' uh, economies from one side. And from the other side, at the same time, we now we have the uh, scale-ups, as I said, uh, so we have a set of uh, um, companies that are uh, big enough uh, to be able to capture those opportunities. Uh, during the different editions of the Italian Innovation Days we did so far, uh, we uh, brought totally something around 50 companies uh, on different uh, locations. And so far we have about uh, 10 companies that are making businesses in one or more of the cities where we've been. And we also have a couple of Italian companies that raise the money from Japanese and Australian investors. And, and what's your criteria of uh, selection? Uh, well, uh, selection of criteria is made from different aspects. Uh, first one is uh, depending uh, which are the sectors that can be more interesting related to the place where we are going. And uh, because we invite uh, investors, industrials, academic, institutional uh, organization uh, that are based in, in, the, in the local places to meet uh, the startups we bring there. So scale-ups and startups uh, we bring there. So the first thing is to understand 
which are the main topics that can be interesting uh, for the place. Then, of course, I look for companies that uh, are already ready to expand in those uh, countries to catch the opportunities. I mean, I cannot bring there a company and uh, uh, help uh, it to meet with potential partner there. And uh, if the partner are interested, uh, they just discover the company is not ready with the product service, okay? Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's a waste of time for everyone. So the first thing, uh, and the key criteria is to select companies that are ready to uh, sell their product services or technologies to uh, the partner they met in those events. Awesome. So you're kind of fast tracking it for them. This is one other attractive thing actually about Italy yeah. because it's yeah, yeah, because kind of the, the work Italian, you're doing. Mm. Yeah, because the Italian Innovation Days are, are strictly focused on creating value and opportunities. Okay, not bullshit. Just that. Yeah, that I'm sure of. Um, so, you know, you're going back to, to you, you know, as Emil, you're a journalist uh, originally. What do you tell entrepreneurs who want to be noticed by journalist what do you look for basically well there are two kind of uh, you know uh, tracks you can follow the first one is uh, leveraging on uh, uh, specific news like uh, a new investment round or uh, a new technology or a new product uh, uh, that are available and uh, you can announce the biggest mistake is to attract the attention from the press before you are ready to go on the market because if the press starts to write about you people read about you and if they are interested they want to buy what you do and if you are not ready to sell those things you're missing a huge opportunity and you ruin your reputation so the timing is very important the other thing is to develop something that is um, able to communicate how you want to change the world i mean if you are a entrepreneur and you do it because just because you want to make money uh, i'm not interested in you even though i hope you're going to make money but uh, if uh, the reason behind the fact you want to be an entrepreneur start your own venture is just the money is not good if the reason behind that is because you want to make uh, innovation uh, make uh, something new available to, to, to the highest number of people depending on, on the sector you're working on and you want to try to contribute to make uh, the world a better place from different point of view well uh, that could be an interesting story I, I like the way you're wrapping things up so this leaves me at where can we find you well, uh, the case uh, gave me just a quite unique uh, name and last name. So um, it's quite easy to find uh, me even uh, using Google. And um, of course, startabusiness.it is the magazine uh, where I'm uh, chief editor. And this is a very interesting entry point for everyone that wants to know more about the startup ecosystem. There is my own website, uh, abirashid.com. And there is uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Emil Abirashid. It's quite easy to find out. Just saying Abirashid is with a S-C in, in the middle. It's the, the Italian uh, way to transliterate an Arabic uh, sound, of course. <laughs> so it's uh, written with Italian rules of uh, grammar. Thank you for that, uh, Emil. It's uh, always a pleasure to 
host you on God Talks. We had a chance to talk uh, back then when God Talks was still just uh, short videos. Uh, do you recommend any books, by the way? I know you've written your own book as well. Well, um, last year uh, I was in touch with Byron Rees. Byron Rees is uh, an American entrepreneur and um, is the founder of Gigahome. And um, he wrote me uh, in order to present his uh, new book that uh, in English is called uh, The Fourth Age. And um, he sent me this book. And uh, after I, I read it, uh, I called my editor, Franco Angeli, and the publisher liked that. And so we did the Italian edition of this book by Byron Rees. And that is a very interesting book on uh, the impact uh, of uh, new technologies like uh, in artificial intelligence, robotics, those kind of things. But from a uh, you know, human point of view, and um, the ability of uh, Byron Rees, and this also the reason why I like this book, is to take in consideration different options, different possibilities. And uh, uh, that's why I think it's uh, interesting. And there is also my own preface <laughs> in the Italian edition. <laughs> Thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks to you. And uh, we're at this uh, time of the podcast. And my question for you is, do you trust uh, your gut feelings when you kind of select the scale-ups? Does it support you in your, uh, in your selection for Italian Innovation Days? Yes, very much. I trust it very much. It came from a bit of experience. It came from a bit of uh, uh, ability to to understand, uh, to, to see the, the you know the spark in the eye of the enterprise. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in. There are many great podcasts out there, and I'm grateful for you tuning in to listening to God Talks. Please make yourself heard, as I would like to know who you are where you are, and what you would like to have in this podcast. So reach out. This episode comes to an end. It's always great to have a conversation with Emil Abirashi. We understood what the Italian Innovation Days are about, how to scale, and what journalists look for. And we also got a bonus, a book recommendation, The Fourth Age, La Quarta Era in Italian, with the Italian version of Byron Reese's book with Emil's preface. If you enjoyed this episode, then please rate and review Gut Talks. If you'd like to ask a question, head over to gut.com, W-G-U-T-T.com and ask away. And don't forget to enroll in the free crash course on mastering working sessions with post-its. Thanks for listening and see you next time.